You're listening to The Bombad Generals. General? Hey everyone, Matt here. Now, we've been aiming to put out the main episode of Bombad Generals with myself and Seth every two weeks. That means that every other week, there's a gap in between in the off week where currently we haven't been doing anything, but we want to start slotting a few things in there. So one of those things is tournament reviews where we sit down with someone who attended the event and kind of talk about storylines coming out of the event, their preparation, their thoughts on the meta, stuff like that. So for this week, we're going to try that out for the first time with our friend David Zelenka from Yavin Base. Uh, He was at PAX Unplugged. So we're going to talk to him about that. There's a large tournament about every month here in North America. So we're going to aim to do one of these podcasts at about that frequency. So next podcast would probably be following LVO and so forth. So keep an eye out for that. And then just a final note, we are recording this before the big points change on December 8th. So we're not going to talk too much about the meta and the high performing lists at PAX because Really, we don't know what's going to change. Not too much point in diving deep if all that's going to be moot at the end of this. So, hope you enjoy. Here's the interview. Hey, welcome to the Bombad Generals. Today, we're here with David Zelenka, also known as Endless in the Discord. David, how you doing? I'm doing pretty great. Thanks, Seth. Great. And then we also have our co-host, Matt. I'm here as well. Yeah. Man, I got got billed above your co-host. What's going on? We do things a little differently on the generals we here, do. but we do. We I think do. before we get too far, um, I want to do, I do want to address the elephant in the room. Some people are saying that Todd, our third co-host, isn't real. Now he wasn't able to make it tonight, but David, if you, you've met Todd, if you could describe Todd in two words, how would you describe our, our third co-host here? Who's definitely very real. Uh, three children in a trench coat is what I'm going to go with. Okay, I think no more questions. Thanks for the interview. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just dead silence. Yeah. We just needed a we needed a witness for Todd. It was all a scam. We do have some real questions though for you, David. In the weeks leading up to the tournament, how did you test and refine your list? Well, I didn't quite know what to play going into packs when I decided to play, so I looked at some of the top stuff and uh, was uh, just looking around at various articles and I decided I wanted to run Shadow Collective and I really wanted to run Maul because that's kind of what I've been running recently. Uh, So I looked for lists that were not the usual meta but had performed well in tournaments that were of a a large size. So I, I, I seized on the Black Sun spam lists with buses that have been doing well at Gen Con last year. And I thought to myself, huh, let's see how this stands up. And so I, I put my list together um, based on some lists that I'd already seen on the internet and uh, edited it to you know, reflect the style that I wanted to play, which was the Mall one bus. And I felt like I could um, change some things knowing you know, having a, a fairly deep knowledge of the game, I could change some things around and kind of get away with it competitively. So like, for example, maybe I think 
you know, the Black Sun Scattergun is less efficient than the Black Sun Vigo with Magdet. So I, I made some changes that way. But in terms of like testing and refining, once I had what I thought was a good list, I started to play it in every single game that I had a chance to play. You know, I have a toddler, and so it's kind of tough to get reps. But um, thankfully, I have a very loving wife who understands uh, my hobby. So I'm able to get some practice in. And uh, I was taking it to everything I could. Um, large tournaments uh, that were local to me, um, playing on on uh, TTS against people that I, I knew were very good players. And I even had a chance to play against a player that had taken the very same style of list to a tournament finish at Gen Con. His name is uh, Weebear. So yeah, I mean, it's basically a combination of um, knowing what you want to play and then seeing how it works against some known good players essentially and so I, I I went out and did that and I didn't really need to make a lot of refining uh, it was more just like an execution thing and and honestly like getting the reps in to make your execution solid is really I think my biggest takeaway um, from the whole experience before we get too far away from it, one thing I, I do want to pick up from what you're saying that I like is you mentioned, you know, at the very start, what was the start of your process going out, kind of taking a look at the internet and what's what's out there, what are people running? I think sometimes there's a, a stigma around, you know, what could be perceived as net listing or, you know, taking lists from the internet and it's, and maybe people think, oh, that's something that noobs do, but no, people who know the game, I'd say you're someone who knows the game really well and thinks about Legion and list building quite a bit. And still, it's a great source for inspiration to just get your mind rolled and think, hey, what's out there? What's doing well? Just reducing the amount of work that you have to do instead of building it from the ground up, just get your mind primed and then tweak it as you as you see fit. So I do appreciate that you that you mentioned that part. I, I looked at all the lists that were succeeding and I thought, what what are some lists that are less well known um, that I could just learn and play? And I think Black Sun spam was definitely one of those things where it's like no one's really talking about it, but it was still winning. Mm -hmm. And that was that to me was the was the big source of inspiration for me to actually like pick it up and start learning it. And I, I still plan to continue playing it. Um, even after the points changes. Yeah, so how many, you talked a lot about getting, taking it to everything you could, getting a lot of reps in. Rough games wise, how many times do you think you played it before the tournament? And do you think that was enough? Uh, I'd say about 10, and I would say no, it was not enough. Oh, damn. That's, uh, that's a lot. I, I feel good if I get maybe five games in before a tournament. 10's a lot. I'm one of those players that I'm actually kind of slow on the uptake when it comes to list building and execution and really it's execution. And that's another thing about netlisting, by the way, um, people say, oh, netlisting is for noobs, but you can netlist and have absolutely no idea what the heck you're doing mm -hmm. and uh, get clobbered. And then it's like, well, did it really matter? And thankfully, Legion is a game where execution really does matter, especially when you have a force user like Maul, for example, where he's the engine of the list and if you lose him early, you are dead. And unfortunately, I played a little bit too aggressively with my Maul, which is ironic because he's a dark side guy. You know, you, you say you know, the dark side is all about aggression, but it has to be calculated. <laughs> We're looking at 
before the tournament? What are you kind of doing to prep? Now you've arrived, you're at PAX, day one, you start lining up across the, across the table for opponents. What's your process as far as the things you do to assess a table, figure out, hey, do I want to be red-blue if I have the bid, or which table side do I want? How do you approach the game in the turn zero that's so critical? Well, Maul Black Sun has a battle deck that is really quite strong. Um, the bus and Maul have some very specific objectives that they want to play on. I, I really like to be blue if possible. Unfortunately, the way I, I, I built the list, I, I built it expecting not to be blue against the uh, really high bidders. I only bid three mm -hmm. points and I was blue, I think, four games out of five because I was beating all the 800, 799, 798s. Um, and that's actually like a lot. Is it you walk up, someone says, oh, I'm at 800. They say a number that's higher than yours. Are you just instantly one of those guys who's like, okay, yeah, I'm blue. What side do you want? Yeah, I, for the most part, that mm -hmm. luckily I'm, uh, I'm playing at PAX. And so I've got Nick Bodner making tables and Nick Bodner is one of the best people in the train making business, if not the best person in the train making business right now just in terms of what he produces for tournament. And when I say making, I don't mean like, you know, I don't mean like creating STLs or or doing the printing. I mean, just like, you know, painting a set of STLs and, and like getting his getting his um, tables together with tournament play in mind. He's really like the best in the business. And so like to the point where like the unofficial name of PAX Unplugged is the Nick Bodner Open. So knowing that I can fairly confidently be blue when I can because I know my deck is better for me. Um, I don't, and I know the list can't bid into like the high teens, which is where a lot of the the bidding lists are. And so I, I just said, if I have to be red, I'm going to steal every line of sight blocker possible and try to get Maul into a position where he can work with their objectives. Yeah, I like what you said about the tables. One of the things I think it's an easy kind of trap to fall into when you look at pictures of of tables whether they're from tournaments or on Facebook or whatever there can be tables that look really nice and they're painted up beautifully and that are absolutely terrible to play on competitively so it is a real skill that thankfully some people like Nick have run in tournaments to actually make tables that are functional and useful because that's a different thing than a table that just looks dope in a picture. Yeah, and there's no standardization. So you're kind of at the mercy of whoever donates the terrain. David, you ran a force user. Do you worry more about terrain having a force user or not? Yes. Uh, having the ability to jump one is just the game, a game changer. And you need to know whether you'll have easy access to line of sight blockers near the middle. And that was something I personally was way too aggressive about. Just like not like relying too much on the bus to protect me because the bus, the bus is a great line of sight blocker until it isn't. And when I say that, I'm, I'm talking about the fact that you have to angle your bus at a very specific angle and like 
one of the one of the tricks in the battle deck and something that actually uh we bear was telling me about the way he ran his stuff is like the reason you take fortify positions in your battle deck is so that you can put a barricade near the middle if you if you have the deployment zone ability to do that you put a barricade near the middle and you lean the bus on it so that yeah, way the bus can, the, the bus turns into a line of sight blocker more effectively and so i was relying very heavily on the bus i was like well i i brought my own terrain and it sort of worked <laughs> until it worked until it didn't when and when it didn't i was up against some serious jank like i i fought double snail in my third game which you never see that's like serious jank and and it uh it kicked my butt because see? the snails can just like roll up to the bus and see over it i think that's that's one of the big things about real life tournaments for me you know when we're talking about invader tts you get a long heads up on not only the map you're playing on but the list you're playing against and you can kind of think through and figure out what its tricks are real life it's a totally different beast where you roll up and you know first impressions you think oh yeah that's jank and then it's not until it's too late that you're like oh but those are what it the, those are the tricks that it does oh dang it i got wrecked by it yeah, that so reminds me of two of two things. Okay, mm -hmm. so number one is you you want to win all your games consecutively because if you lose your first or second game, you end up in what I call the jank tank, and uh, that's a <laughs> phrase I borrowed from X Wing. And in 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 real life games, you have the people that are playing like some really funky stuff, like Kalani double snail with shells and E five S spam which normally doesn't work against pikes, but because you're not playing pikes, it works against you. Mm -hmm. And Kalani with LTA and uh, HQ Uplink, uh, or sorry, not, not HQ Uplink, comms relay on Kalani, so he can relay his order and then direct AI unit to the other snail with link targeting array. Like, he's producing snails that have triple aims that Ooh. way and are producing like seven to eight hits very consistently. And he's at 10, so he's going last. The The snails are like 160, like, and I, I doubt snails are going to get touched in the points pass. Oh, so that might be sure. something for CIS to look at in the future, actually, if they want to run something cool. I think for um, me, there are definitely games where you kind of almost prefer to run against something that's meta because you kind of know how the game is going to progress. Against a double snailed list, you don't really know how that's going to happen. And I think it all kind of loops back to, at the start, one of your things that you are looking for in the list building process is not only what's something that's succeeding, but that's kind of flying under the radar. Because often if you're running that top, top meta, unless that list is so incredibly good that no one can beat it with tech, people are teching against it and people are prepared for that. Whereas the thing that's kind of just below that, waiting in the shadows, people aren't thinking about and don't have a plan pre-made in their head for it. Yeah, my opponents were surprised consistently by the fact that I had like, oh, they have precise. Oh, they have blast at range one. <laughs> they were they were kind of uh, confused and amazed at what the Black Suns could do at short ranges for that exact reason. They just didn't really know what Black Suns do because they never really faced it before. When your opponent is leaning over to read your unit cards or read your command cards, you feel good. You're like, okay. I got something up my sleeve here. Or you play like Maul's command cards and you're like, is that how that works? I remember going to a tournament and my opponent saw my list and he said, you could fit all of that in there. I said, yes. <laughs> 
it felt made me feel really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, David, next question. What were some storylines for you coming out of the tournament? Well, Fifth Trooper had a lot of regicides. I'm going to talk about them because there was most of them were there. So like Evan was there running a 2019 uh, gun line, which I thought was pretty awesome. It was Bosk and Krennic. And I, I totally misplayed my game against him. And um, I uh, I regret it heavily because that was a game that was definitely in my pocket for like several turns that I kind of just flubbed at the end. But um, yeah, storylines in the tournament. Um, Kyle Blizzard Force going five and zero, yeah, despite having a concussion. Mm-hmm. Like Oof. he had a, he had a concussion in a car accident, so yeah. I was. It, it, it just goes to show what an incredible player that guy is. To battle through all of that and come out on top shows how good Kyle is and how stupid Blizzard Force is. A little bit of both, we'll say, but mostly yes, the former. I, I really don't want to discredit Kyle. He's yeah, possibly exactly. like. One of the best Legion players on Earth. He's <laughs> like, definitely one of the best. He's quite possibly the best. For he's sure. not number one in North America right now, but he is up there. By the time this publishes, he might. He might have overtaken you. We'll see. But, you know, he's gone to, what, yeah. two tournaments uh, in the past six months and, and won them both handily. So not just Kyle, too. I think for me, looking at the game uplink, looking at the top eight, article that the fifth trooper posted the storyline coming out of it is just how strong empire was you know we talk a lot about blizzard force but we've got evan making the top eight with um bosk and death troopers we've got blizzard force but like a blizzard force with veers also making it we've just got a lot i think five out of the top eight all empire and a lot of that is going to survive through the points update for those You know, we can all sit at home and and read the recap articles or look at the game uplink, David. But as someone who was there at the tournament, what's something that you want to highlight from behind the scenes uh, as something to broadcast out to the world? And by the world, I mean like six people. Uh, The Legion community at high level events is just incredible how how kind and how non-toxic they are and even when we're salty we still are like not nasty and mean we're like one of the most chill communities and just the vibe is is just incredible and we're all there to play our favorite like what is probably our favorite game for me definitely my favorite game um but like behind the scenes just like just like going to one of these events and you know, talking to the organizers and the judges, they're super chill. And um, I, I can't imagine like an event where that's not going to be the case. But I don't want to like take away from the specialness of PAX because PAX is just it's just a ton of people enjoying board games and miniatures. And that's kind of the environment you live for. And, and every time I go to one of these conventions and I it's whenever every time it ends, I'm just like, oh, man, back to reality. You know, it's like it's like a separate it's like a separate dimension where this thing that you love is is loved by everybody else around you. So I've noticed a lot in especially higher level events for Legion that it's super welcoming to even new players that come to a high level event. Also, the gentleman that went oh and five. I'm so sorry. I forgot your name, but I really appreciate you for sticking it out and not dropping like my round one opponent did. Yeah. 
good good for those guys as far as like keeping at it and at the end of the day we're all just there to to push miniatures around so now let's say i'm someone going into 2023 i can only hit up maybe one or two tournaments what would be the pitch for packs but also maybe some cons some pros cons help me make my decision why or why should i not uh, be interested in going to PAX 2023. Well, I think the biggest thing is that you're going to be playing on like the highest quality tables that the Legion community has to offer. I, I say that without any reservation. Um, PAX like is they just it just has Nick behind it. He's a really great driver of that community out there on the East Coast, and and uh, he does Atlantic City as well. So. If you're looking at PAX Unplugged or Atlantic City Open, uh, those are two events that Nick has a hand in and um, he really drives it. And his terrain is really great. Um, I have absolutely no complaint and nothing but positive things to say about the terrain. And that's the, the terrain is so integral to your gameplay experience and the effectiveness of your army. And Nick has mastered i think um the art and science of it that's like the biggest recommendation i have for packs is just the train is incredible and you're you will not you will not show up to a tournament play on a bad table and be like oh man i wasted my, my time and my money yeah that sucks that feeling sucks where you walk up and you're like i just got screwed hard by this terrain and now my weekend is not ruined. As he said, you're there to play dice. You're there to roll dice, push minis around, but it leaves a bit of a sour taste in your mouth when that's your undoing. I, so. I wish I could tell you more honestly uh, uh, things against it because that would give a more balanced review. But I, as someone who just did the Legion and didn't really do much else, I only kind of dipped my toes in the convention. There's so much to do. Mm -hmm. that I didn't get to do. Um, so I, I wish I could give you a more balanced review, but I just have have nothing but glowing things to say about the train overall. And and the prize support was also off the chain. Like, and again, this is Nick and, and his, uh, his other uh, judge, David. Um, they worked really hard to make this happen. You know what? We can, we can live with some positivity in the tournament yeah. our first tournament recap here we're not this against isn't, it this isn't facebook yeah <laughs> if you could take one thing from pax and have it at every other tournament besides terrain what would it be honestly the light up table numbers <laughs> you had these Ooh, like uh, all right. these hollow lamps that were really really cool they like you know did color shift and they did all kinds of stuff you had these light up table numbers that look looked super professional i'm a sucker for led stuff so I, uh, I really like um, those light up table numbers. All right. That's maybe, I like that, that. maybe that wasn't as profound <laughs> hey, as, what, as what you were looking for. Not there. Not no, 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 we I love expecting, that. But that's, those look cool little things are that really makes it really brings the, the production value of the tournament just brings it up higher, which is awesome. I yeah. love it. I'll say another thing, too. There were no tables that were up against each other. There was every table was spaced out from from one another. So there was no. There was no uh, short edge to short edge adjacent table. 
So you didn't have to walk around any rows. You didn't have to walk around to, to you know, do line of sight checks. You didn't have to put your stuff on another person's table because you're all crammed in for space. Nothing like that. So that's another thing I'd take it and have it at every other tournament was the ability to maneuver around the tables like that. But I know that sometimes that's not possible because you have so many people. Um, who knows what it's going to be like at Worlds when we have a bajillion people coming in. But I, I would definitely take that to every other tournament if I could was just the spacing of the tables. You actually invest a lot in the community by hosting your live stream Yavin Base. And we know that you go out to a lot of tournaments uh, and stream them uh, like you went to SoCal this past year and uh, Lone Star Open. Um, and we'll see you hopefully a lot streaming in 2023. But this one you played at, I want to ask... Which one do you like better? Do you like streaming a tournament or do you like playing in a tournament better and why? Well, after streaming LSO and after streaming uh, SoCal, I was definitely feeling like a little bit of jealousy for the players and just like I wanted to I wanted to actually get out there and play in a big tournament again. But I, I got to say, uh, streaming is a lot less pressure overall on myself because I'm very like results oriented when it comes to Legion. Um, I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself to do well. Um, so in terms like like just to answer the question more generally, uh, I definitely think streaming is just an easier, easier experience. I don't know which one I like better. I'm definitely less depressed after <laughs> after streaming because I went two and three. So <laughs> and, and all on my own errors, I, I just um, Force users are hard, man. Like, mm -hmm. they're hard. They are. And you have to be very, you have to be so aware of the board state at every, at every turn. You can't, you can't be at game five and disembark into three standbys. Like, that was just ridiculous. We didn't really give you a chance to, um, to flaunt your credentials, I guess, at the start of it. But you have, you know, I think it was 2018 Gen Con. You were the 2019, yeah. 2019 Gen Con. You were the big winner there, so I mean, I imagine there's there's always a bit of that, like, hey, I want to chase that high again, because it, it it does feel really good to come out on top at the end of it, and I'm sure the game was so much easier in 2019 because there were so fewer, so much fewer releases, and we didn't have the, we didn't have COVID, and people weren't just like you know in their basements playing TTS. These kids <laughs> in their basements good. on a computer, <laughs> they ruined Legion. But I mean, <laughs> the feeling, the feeling I'm sure is it's hard to match on the streaming, but I know as someone who goes to events, it, it does feel really special to have someone there investing their time to display it to the world and to, to put it out there and to make it feel like a thing as opposed to just an event that happened. But if you weren't there, it's like it never happened to you. Yeah, that's one of the joys of streaming is that I get to sh I get to like invite people into the experience of the event and I get to like um, just narrate a game that's unfolding in front of us. And um, I really like doing that. I think uh, it adds a lot to the tournament. David, is there anything you want to add before we wrap up? Yeah, I just want to like plug a few things if that's cool. Go for, Go for it. it. Uh, yeah, so I'm trying to build my presence on Twitter, even though the platform is kind of a dumpster fire right now. So if you still like Twitter, um, uh, twitter.com slash endless5055, that's my handle there. 
Um, of course, please check out Yavin Base on YouTube. I'm likely going to be migrating to YouTube and probably not going to stay on Twitch much longer because that platform is also having its own problems. Um, but please do check out Yavin Base on YouTube. Subscribe if you are interested in uh, keeping up to date with the latest content releases there. Definitely going to be going back to doing more strategy content in January. Yeah, I appreciate you, David. And you can find all of his links down in the description below. Thank you so much for uh, coming on, David. I think you are a, a fantastic guest to really put it on easy mode for us as we figure out how we want to do these interviews. So thanks a lot for dropping by. Stay gungan, kids. This has been The Bomb Bad Generals. Listening to Bob Bad Generals is not scientifically proven to make you a better Legion player. Side effects may include bad dice rolls, missed triggers, game losses, bankruptcy, divorce, vomiting, and sudden death. Ask your doctor if Bomb Bad Generals is right for you.